This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam is a terrible pet owner. Charlene celebrates a milestone. And we chat to serial entrepreneur and all-round motherhood advocate, Sinead Vigendrana. Hello. Hi. How goes? Good, thank you. This week, I think our sound will be a bit better because yeah. I've, got, I've got power, no load shedding this week. And hopefully my voice doesn't sound strange. Don't like on tempt fate, Charlene. <laughs> okay, okay. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Why are you a bad pet owner, my dear friend? So I mentioned in January that we lost our oh beloved Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. Um, Phoebe was a TGE stalwart. She would sit in our studio in my kitchen and keep us company there are a few episodes that actually feature old phoebes and she was our little mascot <sighs> i even posted a photo like i i wanted to live that cat's <laughs> life it was really cool so i mean i don't want to go into it but i mean it it, it was re- it's been really sad and i can't tell you how much i've missed her this lockdown especially i just need a pet for some comfort you know and and mm-hmm. And she always used to get that. She always used to know what, you know, when something was wrong and draw herself to us. I mean, she had a very special place in our in our hearts. But I did not go and fetch her ashes until last Friday. <laughs> and okay. I feel so cuck about it. And let me tell you, the vet or the receptionist at the vet also let me have it. Oh my god! <laughs> but okay, fine, I understand. But Sam, you have started growing a baby, and you're living through a lockdown. These are not normal times. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I I wanted, you know, when you like defending yourself and you're making excuses. And I actually said to her, I was like, look, it's been a tough year for everybody, and I'm I'm actually not going to delve into what my life has been like since January. So. I'm going to spare you those details, but know that I really appreciate the care that you, you know, I just kind of bowled her over with kindness. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I was just like, what else can I say? I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And I did. I said, you're absolutely right. I look, I look like a terrible cat owner. And then to top it off, every notice that they sent didn't have their banking details. So I've been sitting on that vet bill for seven months. Oh, that's a cuck one. And I actually put the money away, believe it or not. I took them because they would tell me how much I owe, but then they would never tell me where to pay it into. And then every time I phoned, they they have like weird operating hours now d- during lockdown from like 12 to 3, they're closed. And I just like... I've been bad. I've been a bad pet. That was just one of the things that I had to cross off my list that took me seven months to do. And I but feel I mean, crack about it. 
<laughs> I hear you and I understand. I mean, we're not here, like you say, I make excuses, what a what a. But I mean, just can we just talk about the fact that hashtag no judges, people, it doesn't matter. So you were wrong and she made the point, make the point and get over it. I mean, don't. Oh, she just lamb. Don't she just let me have it. keep stabbing. She was like, we that have a collar. We've been keeping her body safe for you, as in her ashes and the sparks. And I'm just like, just please. I'm pregnant what if, and I can't take you shouting you, at I me. I mean, what if your whole family was like a man down with COVID? Surely, surely that would have been a, a, yeah, a, that, She know. doesn't know what's happening in your life. So just make the point and move on. <laughs> like don't, don't drone on about what an awful person another person is. Yeah. Then it, I, it, I try not to take Elijah out to the shops or anything or too often, but well, not at all. But then on Friday, I was just like, I cannot. Like, by then I had paid because she had mailed me the invoice finally. Um, so I had paid like a few weeks ago, but still just never got the chance because I'm alone with Elijah while Ray goes and works. And, you know, and then when he's coming back, then um, from work that is, then it's, they're, they're closed for the day or for those three hours. And it's just like we never got the opportunity. So... I just had had enough on Friday and I was like, done. I'm getting in the car and I'm going to go fetch this cat's ashes with my child. And then I had to go through the difficult explanation of this is what Phoebe's body is now. This is what has become of Phoebe to my Mm -hmm. three-year-old. Also, my Elijah thought that we were going to the vet so that um, the vet could cut his little brother out, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Which would make sense because of what a huge bitch I am. So, (laughs) No, you know what? I'm laughing so loudly because that reminds me of a movie with Hugh Grant in it. I think it's called Nine Months. I don't know if you watched it back in the day, but then when – what's her name? Someone more – I don't remember her first name. The actress has to give birth and then the the, the – obstetrician that comes in is a uh, is Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Yeah. He's into obs- ob- animal obstetrics. <laughs> <laughs> only, and it's it's um uh, Robin Williams and he plays that part so hilariously and he he's only ever delivered chimpanzee babies. Oh my gosh, that was the funniest scene <laughs> I've ever watched in a movie and your comment it just gave me flashbacks of it. If oh, Elijah no. had had his way, he, the vet would have taken his little brother out right then and there, cash, you know, just we're walking into the vet, you know, take his little brother out and, and <laughs> off we, we go back back home. He was very oh. disappointed and then even more disappointed when he learned that Phoebe's not coming back from the hospital. Yeah, well, Elijah. This is um, her body now. I have some more bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's a shit show, but I, I thought I'd share because we all have those nagging monkeys on our backs that we're not getting to, and that was mine, and I, I have to very quickly get over the fact that uh, the vet in my area believes that I'm a terrible p- human being, so. Oh, well. So oh, be well. it. What um, are you celebrating? What milestone Oh well, um, it's the anniversary of our of mine and Rhett's, um engagement, actually. Wow, and today. 
Yeah, and it's so weird because as you, the longer time or the more time you spend as the years pass with each other, each of those big milestones, it was such a big thing initially in your life, it just kind of fades into the abyss. And like in passing, Red says to me this morning, oh, today's the anniversary of our, of our engagement. I was like, yeah, I saw, happy anniversary. And it, that was just it. That was our exchange and we moved on living our lives. And I just think... I can't help but have a moment to think about how things have changed, how things change so quickly and how different our lives are, the different people that we are today. And, and you know, you, you, I don't know if it's like that with you. I'm a very sentimental person. So you do take a moment. I certainly do take a moment to reflect. Um, and I've been doing that a lot lately, like who I was pre-parent and who I am, you know, currently, uh, you and I often talk about it. And I just think about how different my viewpoints are and how innocently we got engaged and thinking we have our whole lives ahead of us. And <laughs> I can't wait to see what our kids, our babies look like. And, and now I'm in it. And I, I realize I don't take enough time to appreciate the milestones that I have uh, hit and achieved and and those hopes and dreams that you all wide-eyed and innocent set out as a young couple together you're living those dreams and ideals now and I I don't take enough time to just count my blessings as as cliched as that sounds you know um and so to think that, about yeah to think about what would I mean what year did you guys get engaged Mm, 20 I can't even remember 2013 so yeah, like 20- what what would 2013 Charlene think of 2020 Charlene you know like what and I mean there's so much then that I didn't know like if I look back now I'm like Fuck, I wish I'd known then what I know now mm-hmm. as you do through through the, your life but something that's really stood out for me is how having kids certainly gives you perspective really defines the movement of time because um i mean we're going to talk about how you know what where we were last year this time and what we spoke about on the podcast but it just it reminds me so much of or tells it it just gives me a wake up call to realize how once you have kids, you realize how much can change in a very short period of time. Think mm. about, I mean, you grow a human in your belly in just nine months. Mm. And the concept of time really gets defined once you become a parent, in my opinion. Because pre-kids, I was always like, oh, I have the whole, I have the rest of my whole life ahead of mm-hmm. me. And, and I, oh, soon I'll be... 30 I can't believe it 30 so old and then and now I'm approaching 40 and I'm like looking at my life and I'm just like where has the last five years of my life gone like I have an almost five-year-old child and for me hitting five years Oh, for him in age, that's that's my baby is officially gone. That's like I will never have my baby Joshua back again. That's it. It's over. And it's just so final, you know. Mm. <laughs> so I've got all these thoughts in my mind. But, yeah, I've, I've just been reminiscing a little bit um, today. I've, I've been by myself, so I've had time to do work. And the kids have been out with Rhett today. And just so I can have some time to myself. So it's been helpful because it's given me a moment to reflect on things. And I suppose appreciate other things that I don't always make the time to. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) It makes me think. It's like when we, 
when you have kids, it's then that you don't go, oh, 18 Christmases. You go, fuck, I only have 18, 18. Christmases with these kids until they're, they can happily go and spend it elsewhere. I know. know? You, it that. sounds like such a cliche, but as much as I go through some days where I'm like, oh, I can't stand this. Is this what my life has become? I, I immediately, as I utter that thought, I kind of want to retract it because I'm like, Charlene, this, you go back, go back in time. This is what you wished for. This is what you've longed for. You're living it. You are, lo- you are living your dreams and your hopes and your ideals. Yeah. N- nobody said it was going to be smooth sailing and this beautiful silky path. That's not life. That is not life. But you have so much to be grateful for. And they are walking around in the form of two growing human beings that interact. I mean, the the stuff Joshua says, I just, I'm in awe. And I know my kids are the, in my opinion, these special snowflakes. Every mom (laughs) feels that way. But you know what? I don't think I feel that way enough. So if there are any moms out there who have thought about it or haven't thought about it, there's some food for thought. That's where I'm at. (laughs) So speaking of time, if you can believe it. It's been one year since our last Women's Day episode. One year. I I cannot believe it, even though I should, because I realize <laughs> watching my kids grow, yeah, how how time changes. But it's crazy. Like, hello, August. Where did you come from? All of a sudden, <laughs> look. One one thing that I am thankful for that it's already August is that it gives us a great opportunity to commemorate Women's Day and what it's all about. Exactly. I mean, it's a good excuse, if you will, to look at some of the amazing women around us, our fellow mothers, peers, counterparts who continue on in the legacy of those who fought before us. Ah, Charlene, like we needed an excuse, right? (laughs) (laughs) True. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. The 9th of August 1956, the day more than 20,000 women of all races staged a dignified and disciplined march to the Union buildings. Their message was clear, no passes for women. The Apartheid Government's Urban Areas Act, or PASS laws, required black South African men to carry passbooks wherever they went. In 1956, it was proposed that the law be amended to include females. But the Federation of South African Women was having none of it. It wrote petitions and collected over 100,000 signatures. The march that followed became one of the biggest demonstrations of its kind and it continues to symbolize women's strength. I believe that the March in 1956 teaches women today a very important lesson, and that lesson is that women need to be mass-based and organized together and stand together to achieve what they are needing to achieve. 
Nearly 60 years on, South Africa's laws are progressive and meant to ensure that women are treated as equals. While 50-50 gender parity has not been reached in government, South Africa's cabinet is among the most representative on the continent, with women making up 40% of senior members. Activists caution, though, that the road ahead is still bumpy. Today we have laws that are very supportive of women, but there's the difference between laws and attitudes. For example, termination of pregnancy is legal in this country, but if women, and my own research shows it goes to certain of the healthcare facilities in the country, they are shunned and, and marginalized and looked on as bad women. In their homes, women face a struggle of a different kind. Statistics for domestic violence and the deaths of women at the hands of their intimate partners remain high. Women's Month places the spotlight firmly on efforts to ensure that women can call South Africa their safe home. I'm not yet happy. We are still very far. We still have a very, very long way to go. This thing of equality, we fought for it, you know. You, you took it on the way. And we want you to carry it and make sure that, you know, it reaches its, its proper destination. That was an ENCA insert from 2014. The voices you heard were that of Professor Cheryl Potgitter, then Deputy Vice-Chancellor at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. She's now a research professor at the Durban University of Technology. We also heard from FedSaw representative Gertrude Schorpe. Now, six years on from that. Well, unfortunately, we still have a long way to go. It's uh, gotten beyond gender equality now only. We're not just fighting for equal representation and amending the wage gap. Exactly. Women are fighting for their lives, essentially. Sometimes it just feels so hopeless. It feels like we aren't soldiering forward. I mean, how have we progressed since we touched on this last year? Right. It just, it never feels like we're doing enough or being effective enough. I mean, last year we recorded our Women's Day episode with the best of intentions and not a month later we had that awful week in September um, when there were so many instances at once of gender-based violence and kidnappings. I mean, it is, it's hopeless. But look, in, in our little corner of the internet that is on this podcast, uh, we like to talk it out. And hopefully affect some change by spotlighting issues in our community, obviously in addition to the micro-actions in our daily lives. Yes and yes, and to continue educating ourselves as well. So we'll be doing a little exploring and talking and talking this Women's Month with a few episodes dedicated to women in our communities who are making some tracks, blazing some trails and setting an example for the rest of us to follow. We'll be looking at unifying women, educating women, spotlighting women, and delving into some of the deep-seated issues like gender-based violence. Look, guys, the Great Equalizer will never be able to do enough when it comes to these issues, but we're doing what we can in this little weekly hour that we've got your attention, starting with today's interview. 
Listeners, our guest today is well-loved in social circles, but a gentle giant of a voice nevertheless, always looking to unify and uplift South African women through multiple startups and initiatives that leave me wondering how this mom of three ever gets any sleep. Folks, Shanae Vijendranath is what we like to call a serial entrepreneur. She's the founder of You Baby and I, the brains behind Mom Says, a Forbes Top 30 Under 30 recipient and a chapter lead for SoGal Johannesburg and a fellow podcaster. She's also so close to raising 50,000 rand, if not already, for fellow moms in need with her Backer Mom campaign and we couldn't be more proud to have her on the show. Welcome, Shanae. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And firstly, what an intro. <laughs> you know, a lot of well, people say that to us, but it is all, it is all the, the people we get on is we're like, you did that, we didn't, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's just, <laughs> that's just your work, which we are telling people about. <laughs> I think I have to, to steal that intro because you just summed me up so well i might just steal it for with, my intro absolutely with absolute pleasure i think women as women we find it really hard to talk about ourselves and to talk ourselves up so i will with pleasure hand it over to you to use as you want <laughs> oh awesome yes no you know you made a valid point there and i think you know what you just said now is what I'm trying to do is just get women to unite and collaborate with each other. So yay for me being on this podcast because I've been really looking forward to this. Yes, we're so happy to have you. And listen, okay, look, as amazing as um, you are, you are not immune to the one question that we always ask our listeners, and that is, who calls you mom? Tell us a little bit about your role, not as an entrepreneur, but as a mother. Wow. Okay. So I have three little ones that call me mom, but actually, actually my youngest calls me Mama Shine. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> he just, cause you know, he hears like when people talk to me on the phone or sometimes my husband will be Shine. <laughs> so he decided to put mama in front of it. So he'll say Mama Shine <laughs> the whole day. He just stays this out. But yes, I have two boys and one girl. My girl is my eldest and she's going to be eight soon. And then I have a four going on five-year-old and my youngest is three years old. They are, what can I say? They have so much energy, but I absolutely adore them. And, you know, I think during this lockdown, we've just bonded so much more. Oh man. And I think like, it's almost like you you're in each other's space and I won't I won't be so bold as to say we all have more time for our kids. But like I definitely have not spent this much time with my kid and my husband. So I can totally relate on that front. <laughs> and it's funny you should you mention sorry to interrupt. It's funny you you mentioned your little one, your three year old calling you mommy should mama Shanae, because my little girl who will be three in December has just the last two weeks started doing the same thing, calling me mommy wow. Charlene. Mommy Charlene, <laughs> Mommy Charlene. <laughs> it's so cute. It's very cute. Shanae, though, your eldest is almost eight. And I mean, this is always what's kind of surprising, I think, for a lot of people is you became a mom super, super early on, which 
I believe is what inspired your blog, You Baby and I. So, and this was, I mean, this was 2014. As far as I know, this was pre-Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, because she was born in 2012. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be... Oh, sorry. I mean, your your, your blog. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my blog. Your blog was... So, yeah. My blog actually started in 2013, but it wasn't on WordPress. So I initially started on Tumblr. And, you know, back then I didn't know what was blogging. So I was still figuring it out. And I heard a lot about Tumblr. So I used that platform first. You're an but OG, yeah, so I got man. married. That's you're like an you're an OG blogger. <laughs> yeah, like a, a, not to not to speak to your age, but you're a veteran in the in the industry. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the, that's oh, wow. that's the that's yeah, the it's... weird thing, not the weird thing, but like the the dichotomy here is you're an OG blogger. You're like you you were in it before anybody, um, but I mean you're thirty this year. That's insane. Yes. Oh, that- that's crazy. That's insane. You, you, you're on it, Shan. You're on it. So, like, what was it like becoming a mom at such a young age? Okay, so, you know, for me, I always knew I wanted to be a young mom. I mean, I got married at the age of 20. My husband and I have a 10 years age difference. And I felt at 20, you know, that was the right age for me to get married Everyone around me thought I was crazy, including my mom. Like, you know, the first question people ask you is like, are you pregnant? Is it something <laughs> you want to tell us? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. And my friends thought I was insane for wanting to get married at such a young age. But for me, you know, my husband and I clicked. Um, we met via Google, very interesting story, what? where I was looking for a photographer because I was in um, the pageant industry. I used to judge beauty pageants and I used to train girls on etiquette and you know how to speak in front of people or how to pose in images. Mm. So I was looking for a photographer. I came across his website. Mm-hmm. I messaged him and that's how our journey began. And you know we started working together and we just clicked. Everything clicked. You know, and for me at that age, it was very hard trying to find a partner that understood what I wanted. Even though I was so young, I was quite mature when it came to business. You know, I was very serious about business. And I think my business journey started when I was around 15, where I, I started taking it seriously. So I got married, and at 21, I had my daughter. You know, at that age, a lot of my friends were studying and partying mm. Mm. and, you know, they'd message me, Shan, let's go out <laughs> for a drink. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I have a newborn. Yeah, my life so is very different to friends. yours. Exactly. I lost a lot of friends during that period and I became lonely. You know, I was staying at home. My husband was working and, uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Of course, we had a company together, but I wanted to do something else. Mm. So I started watching a lot of bloggers on YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of Jess Pham, but she was one of the first YouTubers I followed. She's also a young mom. Now she has seven kids. So uh, 
Yeah, so it was it was interesting to see that I could relate a lot to what she was saying because I felt we were like on that same journey. And after watching all these vlogs, I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. But to be honest, I wasn't 100% comfortable being on, in front of camera, you know, sharing everything about my life. Yeah, it's so quite daunting when you got I the decided, camera on you. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, I've always loved writing. I, I, I used to write essays in school and that was one of my strong points you know my strengths in English so I said okay I'm going to create a website but my intention wasn't you know anything has to what it is now I just wanted to make mom friends like seriously that's a problem for many moms (laughs) trying to have friends so that was my intention I said I will create a website to make friends. I have no idea what I'm going to share, but I'll just put random thoughts on it. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I started on Tumblr. I don't even know if Tumblr still exists. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, yeah, and six months in, I realized, you know, that platform just wasn't working for me. I wanted more. So I moved on to WordPress. And I just started sharing more of my journey as a young mom. I think what really stood out on my blog back then was me sharing the products that I bought and I regretted. Because, you know, when you become a first-time mom, <laughs> you, you spend buy a lot of money. Yeah. Yes, exactly. you want the best and this is the thing that they say you have to have. And yeah, it's true. Exactly. And my husband bought a pink pram which cost over 20K, which is ridiculous if I think about it now. Yeah. But of course, you know, it was like the Ferraris of prams. Mm. And with your firstborn, you want to give them the best, everything of the best. And I think when you go to the baby expo, you're so overwhelmed because everyone tells you you need Yes, you need this product. You go to every stall and everyone says you have to have this product. And as a first-time mom, you're like, oh my gosh, if I don't get it, then what? Mm, Am I a terrible (laughs) mom? Am I going to be the awful mom that doesn't get this for my newborn? (laughs) That is exactly it. So I shared a lot of that uh, on my blog. And I think that's when, you know, other moms in similar situations could relate to me and ever since then, you know, it's it's just been growing. It's it's been a long, interesting journey for me, but I've absolutely loved, you know, blogging and growing in the industry and using my blog to build my startup. Mom says, basically, Mom says feeds right into what you were doing and accomplishing with you, baby, and I, and it's just like extending it to to reach more. So you started it in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, look, I love the startup for a lot of reasons, but um, let's hear it from you. What What is Mom Says? How exactly does it work? So Mom Says, even though it is very similar to You Baby and I, it is completely different. You Baby and I was a blog. Me being the content creator, me sharing everything about my lifestyle, you know, and products I loved everything around me and with that you know you baby and I built a very engaged platform and I'm going to tell you the long story here but I think you know you need to to hear it go for it we're all talking the idea love it you love it (laughs) 
the idea for Mom Says actually came uh, in a conversation that my husband and I had while we were sitting in an Uber in New York. You know, we were talking about what we should do about you, baby, and I. Because for me, you know, I've always had that entrepreneurship mindset. And I just didn't want to be known as a blogger or a mommy blogger. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like there was more to it. And that wasn't my end goal. So we were like, we have this engaged audience. What do we do? But, you know, what can we build from this? And startups was very new to us back then. But my husband knew a little bit about it. And we said, what if we build a Tinder for moms? But it's around products. You either love it or hate it, Mm. you know, and that is what I felt was missing in the South African community is when we talk about products in general, or when we're trying to find what's the market like, we always compare the parenting industry to the US and UK, where those industries are completely different from South Africa. You know, Mm. what works in the UK, it doesn't necessarily work here. And that's where the idea for Mom Says was born, was we wanted to help first-time moms that we're trying to find the products that she needs based on her lifestyle. And Mom Says now is a startup, which is completely different from a blog. And it's not just about me. It's about the community of moms, moms helping moms find the products they need. And, you know, it's moms sharing their reviews with each other, you know, moms becoming the mom influencers where they help new moms uh, or even brands understand what they should sell mm. and why. It's, putting it's so insightful up. because you're getting, you're doing market research essentially. Yeah. Mm. It's, like a, it's like a market research platform. It's fantastic. I think I, sh- I showed this, um, your platform when, when I caught wind of it and probably that was when my son was born in 2017 or maybe 2018 I showed it to Charlene and I was just like I love this and and it's because and you can correct me if I'm wrong here Shan it's it feels like it's making the influencer lifestyle um within reach of the everyday mom so often we look at Instagram or um you know we look at the big bloggers or vloggers and they look like and I know a lot of bloggers and vloggers don't understand this but People who are on a public platform look like celebrities to other moms who are just kind of plodding along, you know? With like bad buns and ugly faces with no makeup. And it looks like this perfectly curated gallery of lifestyle images. And I'm like, my fucking life doesn't look like that. I'm a mess. (laughs) And that's, I think, a a lot of moms feel that way. So then... When they, they look at bloggers, at, at first it looks like an unattainable lifestyle. And secondly, you're getting a lot of price drops. And you just, you know, yeah, it is um, advocating for the brand and kind of it, it's a form of advertising. But a lot of moms are like, well, that just feels, this lifestyle feels unattainable. When you are promoting the 20,000 Rand Pram, for instance, and you're like, shit, I need this. And you go and look and you're like, I cannot afford that, you know. But what's nice is mm. I think... Uh, how I feel about your platform is that it's putting moms in touch with, oh, you have the opportunity to go to this um, kiddies film, you know, preview, or you have the opportunity to review this product and tell tell fellow moms what it's about. So it's just making that influencer lifestyle 
in terms of price drops and maybe events and that attainable and accessible. Have I got it right? So that's, that is one part of it, you know, where moms have the opportunity to test out products or be part of campaigns. So what we do at Mom Says is we choose a few moms to work with per year. And these moms become Mom Says ambassadors, okay. where I personally do a mentorship program. And I teach them about influencer marketing, how they should be pitching to brands, you know, um, what should be in their media kit or how to do a review, et cetera. So these are moms that are keen on being in the space, you know, that, working that with brands kind of and helping them. Forward, okay. And, and develop themselves yes. as bloggers in the space or influencers. In yes. The so that's a, yeah. So that's a mentorship program that, that I've been running for the past year. Right now mm. we have uh, nine moms in the program. So, you know, we normally have calls on a weekly basis. We have a WhatsApp group where we just connect and, and help each other. And it's been absolutely amazing. So that's one part of it. But the main aim is any mom who has used a product and would like to share opinion on it can't share it on mom says she doesn't have to be affiliated to a brand mm -hmm. or be paid with the brand to share it you know um, all the products that are listed on the platform no brand pays for that space you know it's moms sharing the opinion freedom of speech if they don't like a product they can't say it on the platform you know we have a rating system and mom's you know, do like a paragraph or two paragraphs saying why they don't like a, a product. And this is something that they are doing organically. We haven't even forced it, but moms, we've noticed that that's what the community wants. They mm. just want to know what other moms think about the product. And to be honest, yes, you can find this on Facebook or if you Google it, but it's very hard to get everything in one space. And I think that's why brands like Mom Says, because if they want to find out how their product is doing overall, you know, they could go to their page and see, oh, this product has 300 reviews and it's got a four out of five and this is the reason why. Otherwise, you would end up sitting on Facebook and going through hundreds of comments and trying to see yeah. which one's saying it's good and which one isn't. And I mean, I've been in that situation as a content creator. When you do campaigns with brands, they want to report and they want to know what moms are saying and thinking about their products. You know, that was one of the frustrations for me. And I said, mom says would be a perfect platform for brands just to connect with moms, understand the industry better, get an opportunity to connect with them. And for moms to just help other moms find the right product. You know, that's the main aim of the platform. And it's all about a community because that's something that I've always been big on. That's really what I got from it, Shan, is the, the fact that, I mean, I know there's certain products that I swear by um, when I had my kids and I will recommend them to <laughs> any mom who's willing to listen and even the moms who are not willing to listen. I am just like, you have to have this product and these are the reasons why it changed my life. So when I looked at that platform, I thought, what a fantastic idea. Genius, I get to yeah. have my opinion. I had to get 
get to have my opinion and help other newborn moms to like just m- navigate through the clutter because I think there is a lot of noise mm. out there about a lot of uh, products. And then the other thing that I thought when you were just talking now, what I find amazing is you are right on social media and on Google, you can get people's opinions, but often on these mom groups on social media, you know, the conversation often digresses like someone might start talking about their baby's colic and then it goes into what did you do for that and so it's not a defined conversation purely about that one like a product and the recommendation around that specific product so like you say you'd have to go through millions of conversations and still then you feel even more confused it just lends itself to like it's it's credible and it's transparent, which is I think what very much people are looking yeah. for in this sphere where authenticity is at like a premium, you know. So, um, Shan, you've mentioned though that well, I've read in my research that um, your mom <laughs> says journey hasn't come without its challenges. How so? Okay, so as you mentioned, I think you said around 2016 is when. I actually came up with the idea for Mom mm. Says. But reality speaking, Mom Says only launched last year, May. So we've been live for one year. Yeah, so it's been a very interesting journey for me. I think, you know, in the beginning, when you're starting something new, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So oh, for my husband and I. Just <laughs> <laughs> that. Yes. Um, my husband has always been passionate about startups. You know, he's done tons of research on this and it was quite new to me. So between him and I, uh, we spent three months in New York just in a startup program where we learned about what a startup is, what it is, you know, when you get investors involved, how you should pitch your idea, what you should be building, et cetera. I mean, I spent another month in London learning about this because uh, I felt like there just wasn't enough here in South Africa, you know, and I needed to go overseas to really understand and grasp the concept. Mm. So with doing that, you know, we came back, we worked on the idea. And for us, you know, it was important to prove that this concept does work. And this is the reason why we should get funding for it. Because in reality is if you don't have funding, it just takes you so much longer to build something. (laughs) And in the startup world, that won't do. So we decided to build Mom Says on You Baby and I. In the beginning, we had built a back end where moms could sign up and, you know, they would go through a different portal where you know, we'd have campaigns and just kind of engage with each other. So in the beginning of our journey, we did a lot of research. You know, I chatted to moms every single day, whether it was on the phone or email or just WhatsApp. You know, these were my, well, followers from You Baby and I. You know, Mm. it was the community from You Baby and I that helped me. And I asked questions like, what do you want? What do you see? I also chatted to a lot of brands to understand what their struggles were in the industry and what they would like to see. And from that conversation, we understood that data analytics plays an important role in mom says, and that is something we really need to build on. But of course, in order to build that, we need funding because it's just so expensive. expensive so I yeah. did 
I did a lot of pitching competitions, you know, where I pitched this idea. I remember this one pitching competition I did where I had a male telling me that moms don't need help. You know, I'm targeting moms. <laughs> yes, that is it. I'm targeting moms with SUVs. And why do moms need help in South Africa? You know, so... <laughs> oh I my had, gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I know. And I was like, this is such a booming industry because women will always have kids, mm. you know? So why are we not taking it seriously in South Africa? Because I had, you know, opportunities of getting funders from the US. And I chose not to do that because for me, it was really important to grow in South Africa and in Africa. This is something that I really wanted to push for. So after doing a whole lot of pitching competitions, I finally met the right investor. And, you know, we had our first round of investment. We did a startup program uh, with I'm in Accelerator. And we've got our first round of funding. But, you know, you think when you get funding, things will just be easier. Mm. That doesn't happen. <laughs> the hard part is coming. So that's exactly what happened. You know, we, we had a development team and we built the beta version of it. And then we realized that, you know, the person that was building the platform just wasn't building it the way that it's supposed to be done. And that literally broke me because I lost a lot of money in that process. The money that my investors gave me, you know, and you at that moment, you just you feel so shattered. You don't know whether you should continue or stop because you put so much effort and energy into this idea that you're so passionate about. Mm. But then there's someone else that just comes along and messes it up. And I think, you know, through that journey, I realized how important it is to have the right team when you're building a startup. Yeah, to partner with the right people who are going to give you the tools or who are going to use the tools that you give them to to do exactly what was envisioned. Because as you say, there's a there's, there's that huge chance and that risk of losing money, which I think, but I'd, I would assume, and this is a big assumption that as an entrepreneur, there's always risk and there will always be that story of, of um, where, you, where you perceived failure, but that's how you pivoted and moved onward, right? I was just going to say, Definitely. just to add on to what Sam's saying there, and I suppose... If you're a new startup, and like you said, Shan, this was the first time you were getting into this, your husband had experience with it, and you you had done a lot of research and educated yourself. But I suppose it comes, it becomes, or it is quite difficult to identify who the right people are, for, or mm. just off the bat, because you don't get that instinct just from start. It's it's experience, and yeah. it's these failures that teach you that. So. With experience, you learn, okay, well, maybe there were these red flags or maybe I should have known earlier or next time around, I will know not to do that. And that's where, that's how you learn, I suppose. Mm. Definitely. I mean, risks is something that entrepreneurs take, you know, do every day. And someone once told me that we shouldn't look as failure as a bad thing because mm. sometimes failure is needed in order for you to grow and you know, learn from it. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, as a startup, you know, I think many other people in this industry will relate with me is it's never easy. 
every single day, there's hurdles and risks that you have to take and there's failures that you have to deal with. And I think what's important is you build, you learn, you build again, and you just keep growing from there. So yeah, it, it, was, it was a crazy journey for me there in the beginning, but I don't regret any of it because as you mentioned, I think I've learned so much from that journey that I won't have that situation again because I know what to look for. And, you know, the second time around when we did choose our team, we took longer because we had all these questions to ask them. Mm. You know, we did background checks just to make sure that we have the right fit. And it's also important that you get into this partnership with the right people. Like for me, you know, finding an investor Yes, I really wanted that. But finding the right investor was even more important to me because finding an investor is like finding a spouse. You know, you're going into <laughs> a marriage with a yeah. person for a very long time. Mm. So you need to understand each other and they need to have the same vision that you have for the company. Oh, man. There's a there's so there's so much that that we need to scratch there, but like there, there's more even that you've been doing over and above. Mom says so. With with your kind permission, I I would like to move on, um, but just say that onwards and upwards for you, Shan, because you obviously take uh, nothing lying down, and despite any kind of hardship that you did face last year, you were named among the Forbes uh, top 30 under 30. And this year, you started something else, a podcast. And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> the podcast was started in the middle of a lockdown. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your podcast, Drinks with Shan, which I, I, I love uh, this podcast. I've been uh, locked in to a few episodes. I'm a new fan. But... um. It's about entrepreneurship uh, where you've been focused on motherhood and, um, you know, anything that comes with it for a few years now. But now you've branched out and you're speaking to uh, women business owners. So tell us more about Drinks with Shan. So, you know, I've been wanting to do a podcast for the longest time. Many people suggested this like years ago, but I never felt like I had time you know that's always been an issue with me is getting time to actually sit down and do something and I think you know when lockdown happened I just had a lot of people that reached out to me and asked me for advice and that's one thing I've you know during my journey has a content creator with you baby and I I've always received those messages and I'm sure you know, both of you could agree with me that people will always inbox you asking you how you should be doing this for tips and advice. And I'm that person mm. that will always share. Mm. I love helping women. I'm so passionate about women entrepreneurship. And that's the reason why I joined So Girl as well, because they have the same beliefs that I do. But for me, it was like, how else can I help my industry? You know, I've I've been a lot through a lot as an entrepreneur. And I want to share more of that. And I want to teach women how to be better at business. So the name Drinks for Shan, actually, you know, it summed up me perfectly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love having a drink and just having a conversation with friends. And as you mentioned, it started during lockdown where 
I still, I don't think I have have taken it like totally serious yet. Because for me, it's a passion project. Uh, I love talking. And, you know, the guests that I do have on my show, uh, I've selected them for a reason. Because I feel like every single one of them are good at, at the topic that we discuss. And, you know, they had a journey around it. So they have so much knowledge to share. Mm. And, you know, every person that has been on, on the show thus far has shared everything around entrepreneurship. You know, so I've had guests that are DJs to actors to TikTokers, uh, you know, that are coming up. But yeah, all of them have one thing in common and that is entrepreneurship. That's something, you know, that I, I really want to push and, and I'm passionate about. And I think, you know, being, as you mentioned, being in the Forbes under 30, that really exposed me to a lot I didn't at first realize how big the title was. Like, I mean, it was <laughs> on my bucket list. I had a, I have a bucket list for business of things that I want to achieve. And Forbes was always something I wanted to do, you know, to be on that list. But I always doubted myself where I didn't feel like I was ready for it. You know, so when my husband applied last year for me, I told him, you can apply, but I don't think I'll make the list because I don't think that I'm false material. And, you know, when you get that email yeah, saying how that... How wrong were you, you? How wrong were you? Exactly. <laughs> I think how that's weird the problem. Is it? How weird is it that us women... I don't know. I mean, I'm generalizing here, but I, I feel the same thing in my life. I find my husband often like... Uh, saying go eking me on or erring me on and saying do this do this you're good at this this is your passion I can see you doing this and for some reason I always doubt myself and I'm just wondering I'm listening to you saying with all of your success and and I mean if I, I listen to you and I think flip if I was you I'd walk around with so much confidence and never doubt myself but there you are saying I don't think I'm I'm Forbes material that's exactly it. I think that's one of my weaknesses that I'm always doubting myself. And that's the reason why I'm so grateful for my husband, because he keeps pushing me, you know, mm. and mm. he's always there to tell me, you can do it and you will do it. I don't know why you doubt yourself. So, I mean, he it's because of him that I'm on the Forbes list. I just have to give him the credit. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Uh, he ends Shan didn't marry an arsehole, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so happy to hear that. <laughs> but yes, you know, even when they announced me on the Forbes list, I, I still didn't feel like this was real. Because I was like, did I really do things in my life that, you know, made me get this recognition? Mm. And when people still talk about it, I'm like, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> it still hasn't hit me that I've achieved that. But, you know, having that recognition has also opened many doors for me and given me more opportunities. And for me, it's like, yes, I've climbed up the ladder now, but I want to help other women who want to get where I am or want to achieve even more. And I think, you know, it comes back to collaboration over competition. If you yeah, have yeah. knowledge to share, just share it. Mm. And that's exactly the reason for Drinks with Chan. Oh, oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is what we're about. Can we just... <laughs> that's for you. That's for you, miss, who opened your email and still had a little, like, doubting Thomas on your shoulder going... I got this email saying that I'm 
on the top Forbes 30 under 30, but I don't know if I still belong here. No, you do. And well done. And uh, what an inspiration. And look, I'd, I'd love to say for the rest of us that it, it ends there, but it doesn't end there. <laughs> and I don't think it ever will with you. But uh, Shan, almost a month ago, you put out a heartfelt video across social media which was the start of uh, your Backer Mom campaign with Backer Buddy. So for those who don't know, what was the genesis of this video and how has the campaign evolved over the course of the month? Wow. So, you know, I've always been a person that gives back to the community. You know, every year around this time, I do something and I don't talk about it because I don't feel like I should always do things and talk about it. Mm. That's that's me. I'm that type of person. So this year I was like, what can I do? And COVID has hit every single person. You know, I've had friends that have been hit by it really hard. And, you know, listening to WhatsApp messages and I mean, the voice notes and, and just reading the news, it's so depressing. So I came across a tweet by Anele from 947, where she spoke about a dad who just continuously boiled water on the stove, you know, so that his kids would get hope that they will get a meal before they sleep. Uh, and he did that until they make, fell off to sleep. This is going to make me cry again. <laughs> I watched your video and I sobbed watching it. I cried with you while you, while you, when you put that post out. I'm feeling tearful again. Oh you could see my face was so swollen in that video from crying <laughs> <laughs> because it, it hit me so hard where, you know, it, two days, for two days, I couldn't sleep. I was so restless. I told my mom the story and, you know, we both like, whoa, this this is deep. And there's so many people that have similar situations that we don't know about. And I told my mom, like, I have to do something, but I don't know what to do. So I decided to put a post up on, you know, our social media pages asking women what would they do if they received 500 rand. So my intention was I would give someone 500 rand who answered you know, the, the question, and that would be it. I just wanted to help someone. And we had so many responses that, wow, I, I started crying again, you know, reading <laughs> these responses. And I told myself that I can't limit it to one person. And I, try, I need to try and get more people involved so I can help more people. So I WhatsApped a few friends and I said, this is what I did would you be keen on helping me to help you moms, you know, would you donate 500 rand? And I had three friends who, who said yes immediately. And then another friend of mine suggested, why don't you try launching a backer buddy campaign? So, you know, you could get the community involved and you could help more moms. And to be honest, I doubted myself there. <laughs> I was like, uh, I now. don't know if, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this is the right thing to do. What if people don't get it? What if, you know, people don't understand the message? And it took me like, I think another three days for, for me to say, okay, I'm going to really do this. I spoke to so many friends. I've spoken to people who, you know, do this on a regular basis just to try and get an idea of what would happen or what could happen. Because I'm that type of person 
that thinks about every scenario in my head, you know, what could, what would, mm. what can, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So we know the type. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I contacted Becca Buddy, and they thought it was a brilliant idea, and we launched it. So when I put that video out, I had no idea what would happen. I I thought it. I might not even reach my initial goal, which was 10,000 Rand. And my DMs went crazy that day. I think that video is sitting on like 15,000 views at mm. the moment on Instagram. But I've had so many people reach out to me that, you know, and we reached our goal in one day, which was insane. Like, I still can't believe it <laughs> that so many people were touched by the story and the video. And I was so overwhelmed. I think, you know, that entire week, every time I received a message, I would cry <laughs> because it was it was so personal for me. And, you know, to know that other people want to help, you know, South Africans that don't even know these women, but say, hey, I will give you money to help these moms and trust me with their money was huge for me. So we've also been getting donations from the US as well, which which is great. So, you know, it's reaching outside South Africa. And I think one thing I've learned through this experience is people want to help, but many of them don't know how to help. How to, yeah. um, and now the campaign is sitting at close to 42K. So I am confident we will reach 50K in August and we will be able to help 100 moms. Oh, man. It certainly so, does restore one's faith in, huma- in humanity or humankind a little bit when you see, th- well, a lot actually, when you see things like this happen. And you're, you're quite right because when I saw it, I, I, the, the first thing I thought was like, this is a way that I can help because I don't have the mental capacity or even the inclination to think of starting something like this. But when I saw you did it, I was like, I want to help. This is a great way for me to help. I I always want to help, but I never know how to. And it takes less than five uh, minutes. It's really quick quick sticks to, to just donate whatever you can. Um, And that like, it it was so easy. And I really think, sorry to interrupt you, Charlene. It's, it's, um, this is what we're focusing on this month in The Great Equalizer is we want to make a difference this Women's Month. I think all women want to make a difference, but I think there's there's a lot of women who don't know how. And there are some women who just go for it, and those women include women like you, Shan. And so I must applaud you and thank you for um, blazing the trail ahead of us because that's it's 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 so needed i think i don't think a lot of women have the confidence or a lot of people have the confidence to to go and make the change and affect the change and the point is to show how easy it actually is right not easy easy but no no <laughs> not e- not, think- not altogether easy but like to just put your once to once take that step to take the step yeah and to that first step in the direction it's as easy as just taking the first step and then once you've taken that step there is really no turning back because you are invested and mm, you've come sure. this far and you can see the change that is about to take effect so you just carry on going against all odds i imagine yeah and like you say in the video think about it you can just go and get a loaf of bread when you do your grocery shopping and give it to someone on your way home. 
and we live in South Africa, you're going to find someone on your way home who's in need of a loaf of bread. (laughs) No, definitely. I I think, you know, for me, what has helped me or given me the confidence to just push through is my community. You know, women around me who have supported me or even men for that matter, let's just say community as a whole, who have supported me, who have been there with me, you know, throughout this journey and have encouraged me to keep going and move forward. Because I think sometimes we just need to hear it from someone else that we are doing the right thing. Because a lot of times it's daunting and you're like, should I or shouldn't I be doing it? But if someone just sends you a message and like, Shan, you're doing an amazing job. Sometimes you just need to hear that. And, you know, there's some days where I have the most crappiest day because I feel like, you know, I'm not doing enough or I'm not worth it or whatever. And mm. and I think as entrepreneurs, we go through those days, especially now during lockdown, your mental health is all over the place because you're just thinking too much. And when I get these messages from other people telling me that I'm inspiring them or, you know, just motivating them to do more, it makes me so happy because I realize, okay, wow, Shan, you are doing something good and you need to keep on doing that. And I need to focus more on that. So for me, I think, you know, anyone listening to this podcast, if you feel like you need to message someone and just tell them how amazing they are, go for it, do it. You know, I'm very big in manifestation and just sharing how I feel with others and randomly messaging people and telling them, hey, you're amazing. Oh, wow, this was beautiful. Because sometimes we don't realize how this actually affects them and the emotions in their current state. Yeah, that. that makes so much sense to me, actually, because you, I mean, Sam, it happens with you and I as well. We'll get a, like an encouraging message from a mom to say, uh, thank you for putting that episode out. It helped me so much with this and this, or so grateful to listen to that. And then you, it just gives you that new boost in your step because you're like, you know, I feel disheartened often, but, but people are counting on me and I'm, I'm achieving my goal by helping others. So and now we'll happily record doubt- that next episode. <laughs> Yes, and don't (laughs) doubt yourself. I mean, even if you do doubt yourself, like you've been a perfect example, Shan, just just take that step. Even if you don't know how you're going to do it, just put shut up that Mrs. Doubt in the back of your head and just do it anyway. And also the fact that you say encourage others, I don't do enough of that. I'll often scroll through my social media and look at amazing things that people are doing and I'll, I'll just, I'll like it or whatever, but I won't actually voice what it means to me. And I always feel like, well, this person doesn't really know me. So it's a bit weird. Like I don't want to seem stalkerish, but it might just be what they need on that day to hear that they have made a difference in your life. Yeah. Don't ever think that anybody's immune to good feedback, right? Um, so, yeah, for sure. So we're going to put our listeners in touch with all uh, your details, Shan, you, baby, and I. Mom says, even the Backer Buddy campaign, I have no doubt that you're going to close that gap, but I'd love for some of our listeners to go and, and have a look um, and see if they can make a difference if they so choose. We have one last question, and that is, what is next for Shanae? <laughs> that that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I have been thinking about doing something. I knew it. So I knew it. 
<laughs> I mean, I've only just launched my new podcast and I'm, I'm ready to get on to the next thing. <laughs> okay, so I've always wanted to add author to my list of uh, things I achieved. So I am actually thinking about writing a book or maybe two books. Yes, man. I love yes. it. You need that Do again. It. Do it. <laughs> we are here for it. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, Jan, look, we hope this isn't the last time that we, we see you or hear from you on The Great Equalizer. And we will be keeping tabs on everything and more of what you're doing. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, man, what an inspiring discussion. <laughs> yeah, I like like talking about not feeling like you're doing enough. I'm just like, well, I need to raise 15,000 rand, you know, for a, for a good cause. I need to put my money where my mouth is and I need like I can't. What else can I do? You, you, I think I'm one of those people who's like, I, I need that example to, to follow like what I, was, what, what I was saying, you know, how I was explaining it. Like mm. you get leaders and you get followers and I just, I need the confidence, man, to trailblaze like that. I know. And you know what? You know what's ridiculous? While we're talking to Shan, I'm listening to the conversation and the stuff that she's saying. She also doubts herself. And yeah. I don't know if this is a human being thing or if this is a woman thing. But, I mean, I constantly doubt myself. But while she's talking, I'm like, I mean, I know I, I, know I have these things within me. But I suppose that, that saying that goes, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. Mm. It's as for as long as I continue to think that I can't, I will be right. Mm. So maybe I must just shift my thinking and decide that I think I can. I don't know how, but I know that I can. Where, where there's a will, there's a way. I need to find a way. I suppose maybe I'm just more of a follower at the end of the day. Well, I think that's the bottom line is that if you have an idea, if you have an inspiration, just um, believe in yourself and surround yourself with people who will root for you. Um, I do think you and I have the best of intentions. I know that a lot of our listeners have also have the best of intentions and have ideas. And so I think in addition to our bottom line of just, you know, going for it, starting before you're ready and doing the thing. I think this Women's Month, um, you know, we're talking about a lot of big issues. We're talking about uh, gender-based violence and we're talking about, you know, gender equality and just, you know, being... Helping the less fortunate yeah. financially and feeding hungry mouths. But and at the same time, we're talking about motherhood and... And living your passion and following your dreams and starting businesses. I mean, there's a lot of... Those are heavy tasks to tackle, you know? <laughs> so we've got our sights set on a lot, but I think uh, the best way to start is to just keep talking, right? For sure. Uh, one thing that I do want to tell our listeners is if you are like me wondering whether you're a leader or a follower. Not everybody has to be a leader. I mean, even if you don't come up with the idea, you you might be more of a follower. 
That's why we want you to engage with us. We want you to chat with us, weigh in on something, swear and cry, laugh, whatever it is. If you want to know which causes you can get involved in, DM us a voice note on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or record one on your phone and head us up over email, info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. We're looking, we're on the lookout for causes that we want to get involved in. And throughout this next Women's Month, we're going to be talking more about causes that you can can support or get involved with. Absolutely. Feel free to tag us in your Instagram or Facebook posts or Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. Um, yeah, just, just let us know what you're finding interesting and what you're passionate about. And you know what? We'll listen. We'll be there. Exactly. You'll support so super important to us. We've been getting such wonderful um, uh, interactions with our listeners and our followers on social media. Um, your support, it, it just means the world to us because it means that we are growing our community and we are achieving our goal by connecting moms and parents with one another. Every like, every love, every comment, every share. It means from the bottom of my heart and Sam's heart, from our hearts, it means so much to us. From the bottom of my ass, Charlene, because it's a little bit bigger than my heart. <laughs> Especially right now. <laughs> Guys, please hey, don't. Hey, no self-shaming. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you prefer to listen to us on. That's how you know when a new episode comes out. Also, if we've said something or shared something that's been insightful or helpful to you, or even if you think that one of your fellow parent friends might benefit from us, please don't hesitate to share our platform or or our, our episodes with anyone. You can share it by copying a link and sending it on WhatsApp, any which way you like. You can mm. find us on all the social media platforms. The more we're seen, the better this podcast will do and the better we will be for you. And so that's it for this week, our first episode for Women's Month 2020. Until next time, keep, keep your, your mom, mom game, game strong. strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizer.co.za or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at info at and we'll get back to you.